You're listening to a sermon from Pasco Vale Church of Christ. To hear more of our teaching or to find out about the church, please visit our website, pvcc.org.au. Hello, everyone. My name is Craig. Hello. And I'm from Cross Culture. And I'm here for the first uh, message in our series on global missions. And the message today is called The Mission of Peace. So before I begin, please pray with me. Heavenly Father, fill us with your spirit so that we may believe your word about your son and obey him and live for him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. One of the great issues we deal with at every stage of life is purpose. The desire and need for a sufficient purpose that will drive us through life. What am I here for? What am I to do and why? At times we can become aimless in a multitude of options, not knowing which is better or which is worse. Or we may search for something to alleviate our angst and dissatisfaction. Something that will give us pleasure or direction. Ultimately, if we are our own master and if our pleasure alone drives us, then really we're seeking to entertain ourselves to the grave. And if that were the case and we really thought about it, we'd come to the crippling grief to realise that we're without significant purpose. And today we're going to hear about the great purpose, the great purpose which Jesus calls all his people into, including me and including you. He calls us into his all-encompassing mission, which drives us at every stage of life from youth to middle age and our elder years. And we'll see that the risen Lord Jesus gives us everything we need to accomplish his mission. He gives us firstly, personal peace and joy. Second, power for his mission. And third, the proclamation of the forgiveness of sin. God's mission in the world It has two main parts. Primarily, it's proclaiming the gospel of the saving work of Jesus Christ. In his death and resurrection, to reconcile people to God and to make disciples of all nations. Secondly, Christians are called to do works of love, mercy and compassion. These flow on from the gospel and confirm its power to transform sinners to people who love God and who love others. So today I'll be focusing on the first part of God's mission, proclaiming the gospel. The gospel that Jesus died on the cross for the forgiveness of sin and rose to new life to declare us in right relationship with God. So that all who repent and turn to Jesus in faith no longer have enmity with God, but have peace with God in eternal life. 
But before entering into this mission and proclaiming this good news to others, we need to know the risen Lord ourselves and the personal peace and joy that he gives us. We read in John chapter 20, verse 19. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. After Jesus' death on the cross, the disciples are hidden and locked away, afraid of the Jewish religious leaders and their supporters who condemn Jesus. But then the risen Jesus miraculously appears among them. The disciples, which probably included more than the apostles, would have feared Jesus' rebuke for abandoning him before his crucifixion. But he extends his peace to them. And then he shows, him, then he shows them his hands and his side. And the disciples are glad that they have seen the Lord. When they realise that the Jesus who died on the cross is the same person standing before them, they are filled with joy. We must remember that Jesus promised his peace and joy to them before his crucifixion. He said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world not as the world gives do I give to you. And then in John chapter 16, verse 22, he says, You have sorrow now, but I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. This promised peace and joy is delivered to the disciples only by knowing the resurrected Jesus. It's the peace with God that encompasses the whole of life. It's the joy that endures no matter the circumstance. Jesus' resurrection validates all that he said about being God with us, about his ability to forgive sin and about his power to give us eternal life. Jesus' resurrection as Lord and God, therefore, gives hope to his disciples that they will share in his resurrection. Seeing the risen Lord Jesus transforms their lives and their eternal future. Before I knew Jesus, I was depressed and often angry at home. My parents were divorced and there were often arguments between my dad and stepmother and between my parents and me. I felt hurt and I felt unloved. I felt lonely and on the outside. I would often yell and lash out and break things and often I wanted to die. Then when I started going to youth group, I began to hear how Jesus reached out to the marginalised of society. I began to how Jesus loved the unloved, as I felt. I didn't know how you could be for Jesus, but I knew then that I wanted to be for him. 
Then when a friend told me about Jesus' death and resurrection and told me of the need to repent of sin and put my trust in Jesus as my Lord and Saviour, Jesus changed my life. From the moment God gave me the gift of faith, Jesus forgave my sin and gave me peace with God. At my baptism, my, mom, my mother, who's not yet a believer, stood up and told everyone how my anger had been taken away. I would still struggle with depression, but gradually, day by day, month by month, year by year, God's Spirit has been healing me to become the man God intended me to be. Instead of being on the outside, my Heavenly Father has made me a beloved member of His family. Instead of feeling shame for my sin, His forgiveness gives me the honour of being His Son. And instead of wanting to end it all, God has given me eternal life with Him. So I urge you, in light of the risen Lord Jesus, who gives you His peace and joy, Remind yourself of the gospel each day. Don't dwell on what makes you anxious or afraid, but dwell on the good news that Jesus is risen from the dead. He has saved you and he gives you new life as sons and daughters of our Heavenly Father. And consider how Jesus has transformed your life Write down the ways that he has restored your emotions and desires, your behaviours and relationships, your perspective and your future. And this will become your testimony to the gospel and the power of the risen Lord in your life. So we've been given peace with and joy with God through faith in the risen Lord Jesus. But this is too great a gift to keep to ourselves. We must realise that it was God's eternal purpose to reconcile people from all nations to himself, making peace by the blood of his cross. Now we'll see how Jesus sends us as his disciples to extend peace to others and gives us power for his mission. We read in John chapter 20, verse 21. Then Jesus, oh, Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. Again, Jesus gives his peace to his disciples. And peace is what they'll need as their commission to continue the work that Jesus received from the Father. And this mission continues through the church, including us here today, as we're sent into the world for a definite purpose. Through the blood of the cross, Jesus extended peace with God to his disciples. And so his disciples are sent to extend this peace to the world by proclaiming his death and resurrection. Paul speaks of this gospel mission of peace as a ministry of reconciliation. We read in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 
verses 19 and 20. In Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against him, against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Jesus doesn't leave his disciples to do this in their own steam. No, rather, he is constantly with them in his spirit, empowering them for his mission. We read in John chapter 20, verse 22. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Here Jesus makes a symbolic promise of the gift of the Spirit, not the actual giving of it 50 days later after Pentecost or at Pentecost after his ascension. When the promised outpouring of his Spirit does take place, God empowers his disciples to enter into his gospel mission, as we see in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. The indwelling spirit guarantees the salvation and eternal inheritance of the people of God. However, here in particular for God's mission, the Spirit transforms the disciples to be like Jesus, to love God and to love others. He recalls Jesus' words and helps them to obey the truth. He empowers them to serve God with joy and zeal and he equips them with all the gifts they need to do his work in the world. By the Spirit dwelling in you, God himself lives in you. Jesus himself is constantly with you, always at work in you, even at this very moment. In the Spirit, God is like the coach who goes with you for the race. He guides you with instruction. He trains you to compete. He equips you with the abilities you need. He restores you when you need rest. He gives you power aid to energize you. And he sends you out into the field to run the race and enables you to persevere until the race is complete. So given that Jesus sends you out to further his gospel mission in the world, and given the Spirit empowers you to do his work, so draw on him. Draw on his strength and wisdom by seeking God in prayer. Each morning, pray. Lord, fill me with your spirit to do your work. Give me receptive people with whom to share the good news of Jesus Christ so that they may be reconciled with you in eternal life.
pray. So we've been commissioned. We've been empowered to enter into Jesus' mission of peace in the world. And this mission is accomplished through a particular message. Not just any old thing, but a particular message. The proclamation of the forgiveness of sin through the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus. We see in John 20 verse 23. If you forgive the sins of anyone, they are forgiven. If you withhold forgiveness from anyone, it is withheld. Sounds a bit daunting, actually. This passage, it might remind you of the passages about binding and loosing. Uh, Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And you can find those passages in Matthew 16, verse 19, and chapter 18, verse 18. The binding and loosing passage is primarily focused on church discipline. However, the context of John's passage is mission. And it has his, its focus in evangelism. In a Jewish context, the expression binding and loosing described the activity of a judge who declared a person innocent or guilty and so bound or loosed them from their charges. So if this has any bearing here, then Jesus is authorizing his disciples to affirm or deny acceptance into the community of believers by proclaiming the gospel. Humans don't have the power to forgive sins. Only God can do that. God is the one who forgives or or withholds forgiveness. However, Through the Spirit's power, the Christian's ministry is a continuation of Christ's ministry. The disciples are given the authority to proclaim what Jesus proclaimed in their lives. The gospel of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As a result, for one who repents and puts their faith in Jesus... They receive forgiveness and life. But for the one who rejects the gospel, their forgiveness is withheld and they remain in sin and death. Extending Jesus' message of forgiveness is like extending an invitation into your family home. You've had a dispute with someone you love, but you're willing to deal with the offence, to put it away, and invite them in to share a meal with you. If they accept your forgiveness, they come in and share your joy. But if they reject your forgiveness, they stay outside with their offence. Their willingness to accept or reject the forgiveness determines if they receive the invitation to come into your home. So given our Lord Jesus has sent us in the power of his spirit to extend his ministry of reconciliation and to proclaim repentance for the forgiveness of sin, where will you go?
Who will you tell about Jesus and what he's done for us? Who will you tell about what he means for your life? Perhaps in your workplace there's someone you've connected with. Tell them about what Jesus has done for you. Perhaps there's a neighbour you've been getting to know. Tell them about what Jesus has done for them. Or perhaps you visit a family member in the nursing home. Tell them how Jesus offers them the hope of restoration and eternal life. Wherever you are, if you are his disciple, Jesus sends you to extend his forgiveness, peace and eternal joy with God to the people you meet. So praise God that he has made us his people. The risen Lord has given us his peace and eternal joy with him. Praise God that he has commissioned us for our greatest purpose, to participate in his mission of reconciling the world to himself through the blood of the cross of Christ. And praise God that he has sent you in the power of the Spirit to proclaim forgiveness of sin to all who repent and put their faith in the risen Lord Jesus so that they may enjoy eternal life with him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, praise you for saving us and making us your people. Fill us with your spirit to participate in your mission of peace. Lead us to receptive people and give us the boldness and clarity to share the good news of Jesus Christ with them so that they too may have all peace and joy in eternal life with you. Amen.